Hey everybody, Adam Stott here. Thanks for checking out my podcast, Business Grow Secrets. You're absolutely in the right place. This podcast is going to reveal to you all of the secrets that you've been looking to discover that are going to allow you to cure your cash flow problems, attain more clients, bring in more leads for your business, and create systems and processes that give you the growth that you want. You are going to discover the business growth secrets you have been looking for that I've used to sell over £50 million worth of products and services on social media and help clients everywhere to grow their businesses on the mark. So let's get started on the Business Growth Secrets podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to tonight's podcast, which I've got an amazing guest that I'm going to be bringing in in just a few moments. And this week's special guest is really special for quite a few reasons. One, she's super successful in business and has started multiple different businesses in different areas and and created some massive, massive success. In addition to that, she is a a mother of three and she's managed uh, motherhood and business success. We had a good chat before we started about that before and she was saying, you know, about some really cool stuff, which I think we're going to be hearing about tonight, which is going to be great. And also, she's a TV star. She's a star of the Real Housewives of Cheshire and uh, very, very well known and very, very well loved for her role in that as well. So I'm looking forward to bringing her on because I think we're going to have a fantastic chat tonight and i'd encourage you all to get involved because we're live if you've got a question that you want to ask a specific question that you want to pose to nicole who i'm going to be bringing on in just a moment feel free to put that in the comments as we chat about business so for those of you watching tonight this is all going to be about how do you start businesses grow businesses scale businesses and make sure that you have the right mindset in order to go out there and achieve everything that you want to achieve so without any further ado so welcome on Nicole Seeley. So welcome, Nicole. How are we doing? I was just saying thank you for having me on. Hopefully it'll be a pleasure. I'm sure it will be a pleasure. I have no doubt. So, you know, brilliant to have you on. And uh, I know a number of people that watch the show you on and they said, you know, they're big fans. So that's going to be awesome, awesome for them, certainly. And I'm really excited to hear about the business side because, you know, a lot of people perhaps underestimate that side sometimes. I read actually an article, um, I think I think it was in the mirror, and you were saying about the fact that you'd actually not done the TV show for a number of years being despite being asked to because you were focused on your businesses. So what we're going to talk about today is business and then if people got questions on the show, I'm sure we might get a few of those as well. So why don't you could you give us a bit of an intro, a bit of a background and tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, well obviously um, I'm obviously most known to probably the general public for housewives, but it is a really small part of sort of who I am and what I do. And yeah, like you said, not always does it come through, obviously, on the show. And it was one of the reasons because of my business that I looked at not doing it. But yeah, I've got three children, you can't, you said, I'm married and have run multiple businesses. But yeah, so I think you've kind of introduced me already. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So we talk about the businesses and, you know, get an understanding of where you started. Am I right in saying that you started your first business about age 25? Is that correct? No, younger than that. No, I was actually younger than that. So it's 26 years this year. Yeah, I was around 20. One around 21, yeah, 26 years. Yeah, I'm just about approaching my 47th birthday, so yeah, about 21. 
I bought my first property before that. So you could argue that I'd started even earlier than that. I mean, I left school at 15 and I travelled for a bit and then bought my first house. Um, and what I did was I lived in one of the rooms and rented the rest of the house out as bedsits. So that would have been my first venture into business. Actually, what I, I mean, at the time, I didn't realise that's what I was doing, but clearly it was. So it would have, would have been about 19 then. Really? And and do you think, you know, being that you started very early, what is it that kind of got you to start that early? Do you think that's something that comes to somebody naturally? Or do you do you think you just started opportunities early? What happened there? But really interestingly, my dad was self-made before he lost. He did lose all his money. But he was self-made. He came over from Ireland. And I think it is in you. Um, but actually, everything really about him was what I was not going to be. I was going to be this free spirit that lived on the beach. I mean, I travelled when you know when I was young, really right through to I bought my first property. Um, that's how I was going to live, very unmaterialistic. And actually, I think I still am quite unmaterialistic. It, I, you know, Prada, Primark, I don't mind. Um, I, I don't have a preference. Yes, I can buy an expensive handbag. It's not what drives me. I can jump in a full van or I could drive a Ferrari. It isn't, I, we've talked about this recently. What drives me building something, I learned quickly um, that I like to achieve. And if someone tells me I can't do something, you know, that just spurs me on even more to prove a point. And there's quite an interesting story. So my dad, did, my dad lost all his money, and hence, obviously, I lived on my own from when I was 15. And my mum and dad were separated from when I was a year, and they lived very different lives which gave me a great base for as I got older. You know, my dad had made a lot of money at one point, so I had seen that side. My mum, not so much, so I'd seen her struggle, you know. So it's quite an interesting mix, but I won't go off on it too much. But I quickly realised that I couldn't really focus on working for someone. I was stuck to a job, but I went through quite a few jobs jumped around a little bit and probably didn't really like being told what to do because I always thought I could do it better. Have you got a little bit of a rebellious streak, could we say? Yeah, I was quite rebellious, actually. Um, <laughs> but, but, yeah, so I think, but there, sorry, I went off a little bit. There, there was a story. So the, the guys that I'd grown up next door to, when I bought my first property that I just told you about, I it was going out one of my girlfriends anyway. I never knew this at the time, but it wasn't a great house. I think it cost me, like, 28 thousand and it wasn't in a great area but it was mine and um, you know like I said I did live in one room and yeah I found out the comment was that this guy had said that he really really felt sorry for me you know this is one that I'd grown up with and because they kind of and I was so in, I was mortified and so insulted actually because I was really proud of myself so when I drove past in my first Ferrari it was all good no <laughs> It was fine. Um, you didn't feel sorry for me anymore. But it's about the way that people perceive. So I think you shouldn't measure yourself against anybody is what I would say to anybody. Measure what you feel is right that you've achieved. And I do try to still do that. Yes, you need to know what your competitors are doing. Don't become so fixated on what others are doing. Just focus on what you're doing. And if you're doing it well... Be aware, but people do become so sucked into what other people are doing in life, it detracts away from your own business. I think. Yeah, I think that's a you know a, a great tip for the audience that, that are listening. You know, I've said that for years. You know, only compete against yourself because you can be as good as you want to be. If you compete against yourself, but you're competing against everyone else. You can only be as good as them, right? You know, so it's a 
yeah, a, a good mentality. It's true. <laughs> Absolutely. So brilliant stuff. So you started off early and, you know, you had some ups and downs, didn't you, along the yeah. way. When would you say, because I think a lot of the people that are listening, a lot of our clients and, you know, especially that when they first come, sometimes the, the patience is not there. They want to get results really, really fast. And one of the things that I'm often saying to them is, you know, it's about the actions you take on a daily basis that create the results, not a magic wand, right? So it's going to take time. So how did you feel in those early years when you started off in your business interests? Is, did you ever suffer from not having the patience or did, were you quite disciplined and focused that you just worked through it? How did it kind of work for you? Anyone knows me, I have learned to develop more patience, but actually it's probably one of my faults. I'm quite impatient. And as you grow into business, made me think I had to do everything. So I found it difficult to delegate because so I actually was extremely busy because I felt like I could just do everything quicker and faster. And usually I could. <laughs> so in the early days. But to be fair, in the early days I my my oldest daughter, I had when I was 23, so it was obviously very early in when I first started my business. Um, so between, and I worked nights, and I babysitter, I slept up the babysitters, and I would work. I'm not promoting that we work day and night now, because certainly in my industry, that's changed a huge amount. But I did, I would work at night, shift, I'd come back, and then I would do the recruiting in the day. So I'd be on the phone and look after a baby. I mean, for the first year, like when she started to walk, she literally walked around with a phone and a pen. <laughs> you know, we still went to the park. We still did all the things and, you know, it didn't hurt. And what I'm saying is you can, you can do it all. Um, but impatient, I am incredibly impatient. But I am very focused and I am very disciplined. So um, my husband doesn't he can get distracted when he works from home i don't i'm really disciplined and i can work from wherever i am so i do have that but i am a little bit impatient but as you get a bit older you, you learn sort of manage that a bit better absolutely but do you have some you know a lot of people struggle with that the focus what are the sort of things you think do you have any kind of like rituals or things you do to keep yourself focused is there any kind of do you ever feel yourself wavering and then pull yourself rein yourself back in is there any way you manage that in some way would you say i'm very lucky i'm very lucky that i can multitask i mean my poor pa for years i didn't have a pa because i just couldn't even delegate to but i've got a really good pa at the moment but she and i'm lucky that she'll pick up on me saying about 10 things and she's like keeping up with me so i i find it easy to multitask and think about all different things at once so for someone that struggles with that and I know a lot of people that do, I think is, you know, writing stuff down for some people works really well and having checklists. I mean, I've got people that work with me, for me, um, that I don't need to personally. It's in my, in my brain. It's just the way. I actually couldn't even type or use a computer when I left school because I left school at 15 and then we didn't put computers and only just come in. So I actually had no keyboard. I hadn't taken typing. I didn't go to school a lot. I used to jump on the bus and go to the seaside. I was very naughty. <laughs> um, so what I'm saying is I, I didn't have those skills and I self-taught myself. Um, and I, I think you can self-teach anything, even obviously if you, you know, not very focused in that way and get distracted. Just use the tools that are available. We have so much. Now, I get distracted by the phone. I mean, I, I still sleep with my phone under my pillow. It's a terrible, terrible, terrible habit. Um, and I'll get distracted by that. My husband wants to kill me quite often. So, yeah, none of us are perfect. But you just need to find what works for you, whether it be writing something down. And give yourself bite-sized things to do. 
break it down. If all of a sudden you've got this big list, you know, and my son's got ADHD, so he sometimes loses focus. So being around, obviously, someone that, you know, does struggle with that, um, unless it's something then, if you're that way, inclined, if it's one thing, you can become over-focused, which actually can be also not great, finding that middle ground. So break it down, like I say, into small bite-sized pieces is my tip. Awesome. So as you as you grew your first business and you started to grow that business and, and you just become a mum, you went on then to grow it quite significantly and obviously you had another two children, so you got three children, right? So how did you I think one of the topics that I wanted to talk about, I mentioned prior to coming on, was that we have so many clients and I'm sure that people would tell us in the comments if they agree that sometimes they struggle with it might not just be mums, mums and dads as well, managing children and businesses, you know, and, and I think that's something obviously you've done really well because you started your businesses during that period and as i don't know if you said on the introduction nicole but you built multiple them into multi-million eight-figure businesses right as a, a collaborative so you know create some massive results what would you say about that in terms of that you know how do you how do you be a great business owner whilst managing children and being a great parent as well what would you do so i think People worry so much about what's the right balance. You know, at the end of the day, we don't own the kids we're caretaking for the period of their lives. And your life then goes on either way. But you, you are a caretaker. So my role as a caretaker is to make sure they're fed, watered, loved, and try to give them the basis to go forward, yeah? So by me working, I think I'm teaching them something. I'm teaching them that to work hard. You know, so I think that's a positive. So instead of all of a sudden thinking, well, I didn't get to go to that play because I could only go to one of them instead of going to all three of their small plays, I would go to one of them. By being your own boss, you can be a bit more flexible. But if the emergency comes up, you know, and with the industry that I'm in, you know, that has to take priority, you know, over that. So for me, okay, so I've gone to one of them out of three. Is that a bad thing? No, it's not a bad thing because um, in life, not everything's perfect. So, again, that's teaching them. Don't put yourself under huge, huge pressure. And also the time that you do get with Make it quality time. Do special things. Because let me tell you, every parent that I know, every parent, even if they're with their kids 24-7, they are not doing stuff with them. I see so many kids now that are stuck behind iPads in yeah. restaurants. My kids never had any. They had to learn to sit at a table and eat a bill without having. Now they do it <laughs> over out. They're, you know, they're teenagers, adults. But find quality time and quality things to do with them in the time you do have. And, you know, then so if you have to prioritise work over the child at some point, you can explain it, can't you? Um, but don't put big pressure under yourself. I mean, I told you a story before we came on air. Uh, we were saying, uh, you know, if you've got small children, um, how how can you uh, manage all the time when things crop up? Well, my youngest son was in special care. It was very early. And I had my first training audit with the part of business that I was opening. And... I had no one to have him because I was doing the audit. Um, and so basically he came with me. I mean, I worked from home there and the audit was outside. So it was on my premises, but still, even if I had to go to the office, he would have come with me. But And I popped him in his little chair under my desk and I did the audit. The door was open, there was fresh air. It was fine. And about five years ago, he's, he's 18 now, about five years ago, a, an auditor came in and was walking through my office 
and said to me, um, he said, oh, I hope you don't mind me saying, he said, you were my first audit. And he said to me, I thought, how amazing you were. He said that you had, I'd had a cesarean, um, he'd been in special care, bless him, and you'd done this audit. And like, I didn't like try to counsel it, I didn't do any of them things. So, you know, did it affect the way that he grew up? Absolutely not. Was he still fed and changed and watered? Absolutely. He doesn't even remember. But you know what? That guy that comes to do the audit, he remembers. And he yeah. said it's significant for him. So, yeah, so, so it doesn't have to change stuff. No, absolutely, you know. And would you say, are, are your children business-minded, Nicole, would you say? Do you know what? They're all incredibly different. So this is what I was going to say. So to all you young parents out there, the baby stage is the easy part. <laughs> when they develop their mind, it becomes difficult. But mine are all different. They've all been brought up the same way, exactly the same way. Um, my eldest works for me. Um, she's uh, 24 now, and she, we're just talking about developing part of the business and getting her more involved in that because in the last year she's become much more responsible. I mean, I think I publicly had said I've sacked her a couple of times in the past, which is true, but she's just really starting. I don't treat her any differently than I treat the other members of the people that work for me. I'm no different. You know, she's not doing right. I really try not to get involved. And if she's done something wrong, then the, the line managers need to deal with it accordingly. So, because it is a tricky one having your children work for you. Yeah, my middle one did. She she left school at sixteen. My middle one went to university. She's at university now. She's um she's very arty and she's quite quirky. She's doing business fashion, but she is also quite business minded. So she's done like a business fashion course. But I thought it was great because yes, she likes that side of it. That's in a big sort of change itself at the moment. So we're talking about that because she's in her third year. So she's completely different. And then my youngest. Plays, let's play football since he was obviously tiny. Um, but, and he's, he's had a year out because he didn't get his pro. And so he's had a really tough year and he's still trying at the moment. Um, and he might, you know, might have to look for a different avenue if this doesn't pan out for him. He's kind of in that lost year at the moment for right. football yeah. players. Um, so, you know, it might not, but, you know, we love him whether he's a bin man, a footballer, whatever, is, whatever makes my children happy. You know, and like you say, if you feel like you're achieving what you need to, it doesn't matter what you do. And interestingly, like here is the one that's doing university, but it could be, well, Remy at the moment, when his football doesn't work out, he doesn't particularly know what he wants to do because it's all he's done the whole of his life. But, you know, he might be the one that, you know, goes and does something truly amazing. You just don't know. Of course, you no, you definitely don't. Absolutely, well, that's awesome. It's awesome to you know to, to hear that side of it without shadow of a doubt. So you know, in building the businesses, you ended up building a, a business that's in the train uh, train industry, didn't you? Which is like incredible. So I'd want to hear a little bit more about that. So Nicole, how did you end up in the train industry? You have so many people, or the, we call it travel, or or whatever we want to want to look at. You've got so many different types of businesses and a lot of people are telling and advising people to follow their passions. You know, even you said that with your daughter being in fashion school. How did you end up in this industry? And do you love the industry? Is it, it do you, have you learned to love it? Did you love it in the beginning? How did we get there? Yeah, I kind of, you know, I really did fall into it and it was my partner at the time was working um, on 
got on track basically um, through because a job that he had they'd, they'd sort of made everyone redundant and gone into it and basically um, just by chance people kept saying oh, do you know anybody else anyway so I started recruiting basically and in the early days I can remember putting somebody out and how because it was all the jobs that no one else could fill like all the last minute jobs so all yeah. the you know, I was kind of like the middle man, as it were. And I thought, well, I can make some money out of it. So I'd charge like a, a pound an hour. And I'd yeah. go and recruit for the actual companies that are like me, but a little bit further, much further down the food chain. Um, and then even like, I'd like say to the guys, if there was a bed, well, you know what? You can stay in the spare room for free. Like literally. So they choose to work for me over somebody else. Um, so it's like stuff like that. And it kind of took off. And then what happened later on, there's a company that said, look, if you give me all of your guys, and don't give to anybody else. So it might have been about 50 guys, and it was great, and it was easy. I actually had no real responsibility and just really was a recruiter. Anyway, then opportunity came along with a big framework, and I went to the company that I was dealing with and said, look, I really want to give this a go. I was still doing your stuff for you, and it won't cross over, but I'm being open, want to give it a try. And that's how it started, but I absolutely did not think it was an industry. It was an opportunity that kind of just arose. And I could have chosen to do nothing with it, but I do believe if something keeps crossing your path um, or something pops up, you should at least try it if it doesn't work out. You've not lost anything. So, yeah, I got into it really by accident. But you took the opportunity, yeah? So, yeah. and that's how it kind of kicks off for you. Yeah. What difference has that made in your life? You know, I think that sometimes one of the things I say to people, Nicole, is like one chance, one opportunity, one meeting, one decision, one conversation, one person can completely change the direction of everything. You know, did that yeah. completely change things for you? Hugely. And I think it was a gradual process. What I did in the early days was money that I made from that. Cause didn't know how you know how it was going to pan out, and you kind of um, did develop organically, if you like. I used that money, invested it into property. So it was, I actually have quite um, a good eye. And in the early days, actually, quite a lot of uh, when I was doing like small properties, I was approached quite a lot by estate uh, agents to do like interior design and stuff like that. So I think I'm actually quite a creative person, really. I probably, you know, in the early days. I probably would have seen myself going into something much more creative mm. in this season. Um, but I'm creative business. Even business can be creative. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so not everything has to be dull and boring. And, you know, you don't know which way your life's going to pan out. But, no, I would have definitely seen myself going creative. For, I've ended up doing this. Then as the years sort of passed, I mean, obviously then I knew it was good money. I also then lost a lot of money. When the recession hit, I kind of hit a point, and you know, I I did separate from my this is like early on separated, and I did walk away kind of and have to start from zero. Let's say I don't like to go into that too much because yeah. I'm not really one for dwelling on the past. I like to look right. So that happened, and I did start from scratch again. But what was difficult was that within the industry, 
there obviously were big changes and the money just wasn't there and big frameworks that I had sort of stopped. So I went, shrunk right back, but didn't give up. I shrunk right back and really started from scratch again. So it was like I had to re- rebuild. And I went on, all I can say to people is, even in sometimes when you sit there, which you do, when you've like done it, you know, done a fair job at it the first time and then it doesn't quite work out and you're sitting there back to square one, but yeah, I went on to build it bigger and stronger. And I did have days where I thought, God, but it's just, you know, you have to get up and keep going and, and keep focusing on the future. And you're not what you don't have. And I sort of said that before, not what you don't have, but what you can have again or what you, you can achieve. And building something back is even more rewarding than it is the first time, I think, for me. And even now... Why would you say that? Like, you know, why do you think for a, for a business owner listening, because all business owners have their ups and downs. I've had my ups and downs, right? Everybody does. What makes you say it's more rewarding the second time around? What would you say? Is- well, it's like if I was an Olympian, to win one gold medal is amazing. To win two, you know, it's <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do you know what I mean? So it's not that it yeah. was luck. I mean, because there are people yeah. that get lucky. There are, there yeah. are. Listen, they're in life and you might not like it. People become not really a jealous person, um, but I see it. And some people just fall on their feet, you know, it happens. But I know that wasn't me. I guess I had an opportunity, but I went on and I know that I could do it again. And if it happens tomorrow, that's why I'm not scared of ever losing anything. And I'm not really, like I said, a possession person. So it is doable. I'm not, you know, like I still get excited now when I'm doing stuff and building stuff. So, yeah, the second time round is better. Definitely. You've got to believe the future is always better than the past, eh? You said to me that on the show you've been asked to do it for a number of years. and. Yeah. Uh, that's something I read as well, and that you didn't get up. You know, what was the kind of reasoning at the time? And are you glad you did now? Like, how's that changed your life? Um, you know what? I think it's a bit of a unique situation. I was always quite happy to be behind. I mean, obviously, my husband had done sport and stuff like that, so they had done a little bit of public stuff in the past. And even though we we worked together, I was quite happy to sort of be behind the scenes. I should be the director, really, rather than in front of the screen. So that was a bit scary for me. And also, apart from when I was five and I wanted to be a black and white movie star, I think that's as far as it it went. Um, So, no, they approached me, I think it would have been, it was uh, season four, so it would have been in there just coming into their third year. And I was like, absolutely not. 100% 100% I was not doing it, didn't want to do it. And then they sort of stayed in touch. And my husband had said, oh, you should do it. You should do it. Loads of people were like, you may heard you should do it. You know, anyway, didn't. And then we were looking at buying Macclesfield Football Club. And something that I love, I'm really passionate about football. We both have an interest. And I think between us, we would have, you know, if, the, if it panned out, it would have been a good combination. I think from my business side of stuff and Joe's knowledge of the other side of it would have been a good combination. I think that's where a lot of football clubs fall short because it's normally one or the other, isn't it? Anyway, it didn't, it didn't happen. But in the December, when it was looking like the deal was going to go through before Christmas, they approached me again. So Joe said, you have to do it because it would be great publicity. And I'm not going to lie, great publicity for a small club like that. 
It's on our doorstep. Okay, so I am quite spontaneous as well. I am, when I decide something, I'm going for it. So I just went, okay, I'll do it. Didn't really think too much. And I can remember getting the call, um, because obviously there's a lot of people that they speak to before they whittle it down. And much more than I knew, like they speak to my TV, they speak to monkey, whoever's involved, NBC. Anyway, so I still was like, oh, I probably won't get it anyway. Right up to the last point, I was Oh, yeah. I thought I was awful. I think I walked into a wall about three times when I did the taste of the tea. It was just horrendous. I was just, and my husband sat in the corner and he kept saying things. So I was like, I'm literally falling apart. Because <laughs> it was out of my comfort zone, out of my comfort Anyway, the, the guy who was in charge there rang me and he went, Oh, you know, okay, ITV, it's all agreed, you're in. And I went, Oh, that's great, that's not. You went, Nicole, is that the response? <laughs> is that it? Thanks a lot. I was like, Yeah, because. <laughs> so, you know, to get that reaction out of me, I was like, oh, okay. I kind of just go with things that I put in my path. So as it changed me, it has made me look at other sides of myself. And I think you've got to try and take the positive from that. Um, and it is completely different to what you expect because I'm quite a private. I had always been a very private person, but that was really difficult for me. And and to be taken seriously in my industry was a worry. And that was my biggest concern. What actually made me make that final decision was that in 25 years, which at that point I've done what I do, I think I I can say I know what I'm doing in my industry. The fact that I want to do a TV show because of you know something I'm choosing to do, is that going to take away from what I have done and what I will do? Absolutely not. So I felt that I, if anyone would sort of questioned that, I'd be like, well, you question, you know, 26 years, 25 years of business. No, you can't. If it's like to impact how I run my business, then I would have stopped. And I said, if I was unhappy, I'll stop. Lovely comment there from Samantha. She's saying, you know, love that you came on as a business owner. It's what my girls need to see growing up rather than just influencers posing for the camera, you know. And I think, think that's true, isn't it? It's, you know, it's good it's to... It's changed, yeah. I, I agree. And I think it's really difficult when you've got, like, daughters and some, you know, some whatever. But the, unfortunately, you know, I, I completely agree. But I think we also have to be accepting that the world has changed and that's part of it. But it's what we can teach them, if I can sort of ask that, is what we try and teach our children, um, that everything you see is not always real. But actually, if you go back years and you look at when they used to do advertising on TV when we were kids, there was always sublime messages behind. I mean, we didn't realise that, but there were. I mean, mm -hmm. if you look at the way sexuality was used, lots and lots of different things. You know, for our parents, having to teach us, well, that's not necessarily correct. I think it's just a different take on it. Um, but, yeah, I'm happy. I really appreciate that you say that. So thank you, Samantha. <laughs> no, that's cool. And what did, what did your kids think of you, of, of mum being a TV star then? <laughs> I mean, obviously I asked them, they're like, oh, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> mum and one say, you do you, mum. <laughs> she says, you do you. But do you know what? I think they're all, I haven't made them do it. They've, they've been on it. None of them are particularly, don't take it the wrong way, none of them are same hungry at all. I think like for Kira, my middle daughter, I think, you know, she should get more involved because I think if you're in fashion, you're in that kind of thing, it's, it's good for promotion, you know, whatever you're doing and if they can benefit from what I'm doing, I am happy for them to do so. My son, you know, 
it's not really. He's, he's been on it. And my eldest daughter, she's not interested at all. She's actually quite, uh, she hasn't, I don't know if she's got social media at the moment. She did, I think she did. And so I'm quite lucky in a way. But if one of them really wanted to do something, I try and support it and help them manage it in a way. But none of them are that bothered. They're like, obviously, where I'm a bit like, whatever, they're whatever. So I wouldn't have done it if they were uncomfortable, but I, neither do I say, so, right, I mean, they're 24, 20, and 18. They've got their own lives and their own minds. Okay, so we've got a few questions coming in. Before we jump into them, one of the things that I ask uh, quite a few of the podcast guests, just some standard stuff, are you a business book reader, Nicole? Do you read business books? Have you ever read business books? Do you know what? I, I tried to read, um, is it Joe Shetty? Uh, is it a monk? Yeah, Think Like a Monk, yeah. We were, in a, we were in a mall and I thought, right, because I actually used to read a lot more than I do now. I blame my husband because he loves Netflix and Amazon. <laughs> um, it's all his fault. I didn't watch as much TV and I used to read a lot more books. But I have over the years. Yeah, I tried to read that and I enjoyed bits of it, but... Some of it, I just feel, is so cliche, and a lot of the books that you see out there for me are regurgitating and regurgitating. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, look. So the answer is no. I'll throw them in a more interesting way for you, right? Obviously, you're a smart lady. You keep sharp. There's no doubt, right? So you're continuing to improve your skills. So when you're lo looking to like grow or looking to, you said that you're quite resourceful. So if you don't know how to do something, you self-train. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which i think is an awesome thing to be able to self-train yourself and be resourceful is really really good what are some of the things you've done over the years to kind of develop yourself to kind of stay sharp would you say that you've done yeah. have you had coaches, mentors or you listen to audiobooks or podcasts or anything like that or, or is straight yeah. decision making people ask me Right, and I, I actually found this actually a little bit strange because I was asked this, who are my mentors? I obviously learned quite a bit from my dad where he was self-made, equally what to do and what not to do because he did lose all his money in the big recession in the 80s. So I think that did stand me in good stead. So you could potentially say yes, probably then. And then over the years, unfortunately, I hate to say this, but there are people full of it and you come across many many of them you know so I would have to be totally invested 100% to have that person as a mentor look it's not to say that I wouldn't look listen even at my age now if that person came along and do you know what if someone's out there and they want to come along and mentor me that'd be amazing wouldn't it because no I, I don't feel that I have I say apart from what I probably learned as a young child watching my dad with his business for both negative and positive but I mean maybe in the early days watching a couple of other businesses that were similar to mine you know there was a particular guy that did what I did and I actually thought he had a great way with his staff and his people skills you know, my people's skills can be really great, but sometimes they do go off the ball here and there. Um, and I, I used to have a much shorter temper I don't anymore. Not as in like that, but I would. And I realised if I threw a phone, I'd have to buy a new one, so I stopped doing that. <laughs> so, you know, I was getting frustrated. So, I look, listen, I, no, so the mentoring hasn't really worked for me. Books, um, I love books. I love to read. Um, but kind of self-help or business advice ones. But maybe recommend one for me. And if anyone's on here, um, you know, I'm happy to learn, like I said, <laughs> in your book. 
I said I'll send you one. All right. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to read it. Yeah, that's good. We'll yeah, that is good stuff. So brilliant stuff. I've got some questions here that we've been asked. So um, that have come in. Some really good questions actually from lots of different people. So I'm going to go through a couple of those. We'll start off with the most recent one, which is actually asking, you know, what would you say over the years has been, you know, for you, your biggest achievement, would you say? I think that's an easy one. I actually didn't answer this a while ago because I, I was trying to think, oh, I wasn't really sure. And I think you say the cliches, people say having their kids, doing this, doing that. But actually probably, as we've just talked, I've just thought about that, and was probably restarting again from zero with no money, nothing. So I think that probably must be my greatest achievement. Restarting again from, from nothing, yeah. Absolutely. I do know what you mean 100% because it, it, once you're able to go and do that, you know that it's inside you to do it again and again and again and again and again. Do you find that that built your confidence in a big way? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't a particularly confident child, interestingly, but um, I think probably the way that life turned out for me early on, like in my early teens, changed that and I made myself become confident. So, yeah, confident. I, I don't struggle with being confident. But you weren't confident and now you are. Right. I think I, I think I just think it evolved um, through circumstance rather than like you said. Oh, I've got to say I didn't get to twenty five and not feel confident. It really did evolve from my circumstances, so a little bit different for me. Um, I know for other people that's different. Each of us are different. Awesome. Okay. And Debbie's asked a really good question. If you had to start again from scratch now, so if you if you're looking, you were starting again from scratch. What were some of the things that you would do? I'd be really interested to hear. I am a believer, and I do believe this, I, I don't think that you should want to go back and change anything, unless it's something that I've done to hurt someone, then maybe I potentially want to go back and change that. But in, in business, because actually each of the things when they go wrong are the things that make you better at it later on. And it is, it, that is a fact. I, I think it is a fact. So, no, I shouldn't change anything that I've done at all. It is what has made me get to where I am now. And I think that's what we just, doesn't matter what we do. Um, and always try and, in every single situation, it doesn't matter how awful it is, and you can find yourself, you know, whether it's business, personal, whatever, in some really awful situations, but always kind of holding your head somewhere that everything there will help you going forward and you can find a positive. And so I try and find a positive out of a negative. That is one of the things in business that I always do. If I have a problem, if something's going wrong, don't look at the negative. Find the solution and look for the positive are my two things. Find a solution, look for the positive. Absolutely. Right, a shadow of that. Okay, good stuff. This is the thing. You said that you left school at 15. I was a similar age myself, like exactly the same. If we finish off now, what would you say are a few business tips you'd give to the audience? So, you know, some of the things that you would say from your experience of being in business for a number of years, building eight-figure businesses, what would you say would be like your top three bits of advice to people about running and growing a business and what yeah. would you go for? I think the key things are whoever you meet along the way within networking, networking is key to every single business doesn't matter what you do, it applies across the board. Networking, whether you're on a, on a platform, whether you're on the ground, it's all about networking. And always remember that those people that you network with, wherever they sit on the food chain, if you like, within you know yeah. your industry, 
you don't know where those people will end up and you should always treat them as such uh, because things are always remembered. So I think that's really key in business. Treat everybody respectfully. You might not always like everybody, you might not always like you, but always have the element of respect is what I think. So for me, that's a really big one in business. Networking and build a network. Build a network. And don't always, it's not always about short-term gain. And I think so, we touched on this earlier, people um, are so focused on how much they can do now. But I just had something come through this week, and I've been probably speaking to this person for maybe a year. And nothing, but I've been checking, checking on the client. It hasn't happened very quickly, but now it has happened. So, you know, try not to get dragged into that. So build your network. The interesting thing so far, it's all about people, isn't it? You know, many people just underestimate that, don't they? Yeah, and I think the key to every business is always sort of two parts of that, is that research what you're doing. Yeah, I'm not saying you have to know because I didn't know anything about railway, but you research it and you learn. You can go into something you don't know about, but you do need to research search it and, and have a plan. Don't just rush in and just think, oh, I'm going to open, you know, whatever it is with no knowledge of what you're doing. I think research is key for me. I think it's massively, massively underestimated research because, you know, there's so much info out there now that you can find out, isn't there? And there isn't anything you can't learn. And uh, and if you People today are incredibly lucky um, with, you know, access, like you said, to everything. In actual fact, starting a business today is much easier than it would have been, you know, quarter of a century ago. <laughs> but it, it is, it's true. It is much easier. I mean, look, you can jump on. People can just jump on and start their businesses. They can promote their products. There's just so much out there for you. Um, and believe in what you do. Believe in what you do. That's the biggest thing. You don't have to love it, but believe in it. I think that's really key as well. You know, uh, what do you what would you say to someone that doesn't believe in what they do? <laughs> oh, you know what? Will you have longevity? Uh, it's, that's fine. You know what? I, I think even if someone's like builds businesses to sell them or whatever they're doing, I think at that point in time, I'm not saying you're going to believe in it forever. Why you are doing what you're doing is like the salesman because in every industry you are selling, whether you're selling yourself a product. You know, my industry actually is people, and it's probably the hardest thing because we're an unknown quantity most of the time and fickle. And it's like I might have one guy that's been amazing for 20 years, but he might have some personal happen and have an absolute nightmare. But that might be the first time he's gone to that client. And all that client sees is that he's not reliable. So that's difficult. If you've got a product, um, which we're just touching on at the moment because we're just launching a product for the first time and the interesting thing is that yes a product is so much more easy to manage if people like it so if you buy into it that product's going to come out the same each time so much easier so actually our industry um is much more difficult but like everything is sales isn't it everything is sales absolutely and you know so many people fear sales and that is a, you know, I think that you, you know, one of the things I've said for years is, you know, if you give me a business owner, the business owner you want is someone that can sell. You know, you can back that person because they're, because they can go and sell, they can build, sell relationships, sell themselves, sell the products, sell the services, you know, sell to investors, sell to everybody, right? But if they can't sell, 
you're going to really struggle because that that confidence in selling is massive. I think it's one of the most important business skills by far. So you yeah. can. You can employ the rest of the people. I don't mean a lot of times that people, whatever your business is, I will say this in the early start of a business, people will usually buy into you. 100%. Even if I went to sell my business, they would be buying into what I do. So that's why, quite often, when you see big sales go, you know, that person will stay on board for a period of time because people are buying into you and all what you've developed. So always remember that. So that's why I say, you know, believe in what you're doing because it's easier to sell something you believe in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, so we give you some great advice there tonight. Nicole, was there any um, last bits you wanted to say to the audience? I think we've done the question. We've had tons of people on. we had a super busy podcast here tonight. Is there any, any last words that you want to jump in and say to everybody? No, I just wish everybody luck. And do you know what? Just because we've had COVID, you know, it shouldn't stop you fulfilling your dreams. And so many people message me and say, oh, no, because of COVID. And, yes, you're going to have to be a little bit more careful. You're going to have to do more research. So everyone saying to me, would you start a business? Well, no, I probably wouldn't go and open a gym when all gyms are closed. Probably not. But it doesn't mean you can't plan to or you can't look at something. So everybody go out there and, you know, give it a try. Give it a try. Give it, give it your best without shadow of a doubt. Okay, well, look, it's been been super interview. You've been amazing. They, they clearly love you. So thank you very much for coming on. Hey, everybody. Adam here. And I hope you loved today's episode. hope you thought it was fabulous. And if you did, I'd like to ask you a small favor. Could you jump over and go and give the podcast a review? Of course, I'll be super grateful if that is a five-star review. We're putting our all into this podcast for you, delivering you the content, giving you the secrets. And if you've enjoyed it, please go and give us a review and talk about what your favorite episode is, perhaps. Every single month, I select someone from that review list to come to one of my exclusive academy days and have lunch with me on the day, meeting hundreds of my clients. So if you want that to be you, then you're going to be in with a shout if you go and give us a review on iTunes. Please, of course, do remember to subscribe so you can get all the up-to-date episodes. Peace and love, and I'll see you very, very soon. Thank you.